When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The number one lie about silver is that it should no longer be viewed as a monetary asset, as a hedge, as a way to preserve your wealth. And instead, it should be viewed as a speculative investment, as a commodity, as an industrial metal. No different than something like copper or oil or corn futures or something like that. Now, understand that the individuals that make those statements, they do have an agenda. They're also oftentimes the same individuals that, that would agree with the statement that you know gold's a barbarous relic. I mean, if gold's a barbarous relic, what does that make silver even, even more worthless than that? But understand that when they make statements like that, when they invest based on those principles, they are making statements that fly in the face of thousands of years of human history. I mean, for thousands of years, humans have used silver and gold as a hedge, as a way to preserve their wealth, and ultimately as money. In fact, if you look at silver, it's only been very recently that that has changed. Right now, in 2018, in the last couple of decades, that's an aberration in human history. And the United States began to take or, or completely took silver out of our coinage, our, our, our minted coinage, um, in the 1960s. Most countries either had at that point or, or soon followed suit. We took ourselves off the gold standard in, in the 70s, early 70s. Of course, a lot of central banks still own gold today. But silver has almost completely disappeared from the whole idea of, of what is money, what is a hedge, what is a financial asset. And yet, like I said before, for thousands of years, that hasn't been the case. It's been used as money. It's been used as a financial asset, as a monetary asset. No, but understand though, I mean, yes, things do change over time. We don't usually ride horses around anymore. We don't sail across the ocean, like literally sail with, with sails on a boat. No, I mean, we fly, right? We drive cars, we ride on buses, right? We, we, we launch rockets to, to the moon or out into to space or, or, or satellites into orbit, right? We're in the 21st century. Technology advances, and the global economy today is more globalized, it's more digitalized than ever. So is there still room for a physical asset like silver or gold? Well, yeah, absolutely. I think I think right now, if anything, there's a very strong case for it. Because, you know, in the last 10 years, 20 years, you know, pick a time frame, it becomes more and more the case that the global economy, the financial system, is more and more based on paper slash digital assets. I say paper because in theory they, they're you know they're about as, as valuable, their intrinsic value is about high, as high as you know paper, like a like a fiat currency. Uh, but they are generally digitalized. You know, when I say the Fed prints money, well they don't usually usually print it for the most part, like QE, that's that's all digital. Uh, but it's a digital fiat system. Right. I mean, what are what are some of the popular assets that are are promoted by by financial planners today to, to put in your portfolio? I mean, you got stocks. That's a paper or a digital claim on some percentage of a company, some percentage ownership of a company, as well as a claim on a certain amount of a dividend in some cases. And of course, that dividend is paid in what? 
It's a paper asset, fiat currency, right? Then you get bonds, which is a claim on a, a future debt payment from a country, from a state, a city, a corporation. But again, it's a paper claim on that debt that's paid out in paper assets, fiat. And of course, you have fiat currency, which is you know, the, the, the mother of all paper or, or, or worthless, you know, intrinsic value, worthless assets, right? And, and there are some other physical ones out there, sure, oil. Um, you, you have other commodities like grains, you have metals, you have real estate, you have land where you have physical assets. But the, but the majority of the world's wealth is tied up in paper or digital assets. I mean, so, so with that trend becoming more and more the case, does it maybe make sense that, hey, maybe, just maybe we should diversify out of that a bit? And, you know, the funny thing is, is that I think a lot of financial planners these days, when they're talking about precious metals, first of all, silver usually does not enter into the equation. But, you know, when, when gold comes up, you know, some of them might say things like, uh, yeah, if you want some gold, maybe we can put one or two percent into gold. Right, their safe haven asset would be something like cash, which of course we know always decreases in value due to inflation for the most part, or bonds, which uh, do, do you want to be holding U.S. Treasury bonds right now at at three percent, something like that, um, as debt continues to spiral out of control? I don't know. Uh, that's it. That sounds like a pretty risky asset, not so much of a safe haven asset to me. But then when they do actually say you know buy some gold, maybe one, two, maybe even five percent, maybe even ten percent, some you know old school financial planners out there. What do they really mean, though? I mean, are they actually saying like, hey, we're, we're going to take 10% of this money that you're going to be put into your, your, your retirement or your investment portfolio or whatever, and we're going to go out and buy some gold bars, some gold coins? No, I mean, for the most part, I think they would throw it into something like uh, GLD, right? Like an, an exchange-traded product, right? Let's get some exposure to the gold market. In reality, there's, there's almost zero chance of any of that gold ever actually being delivered if somebody wanted it. Or hey, maybe, you know, just maybe they would suggest some sort of, you know, offshore storage or whatever. But oftentimes, you know, the investors are like, no, I don't want to deal with that, right? Just put it in GLD. It's as easy to purchase as it would be to purchase a share of, of Apple or something like that, right, on, on some sort of an exchange. And so they put it into a paper asset that is tied to a physical asset. I mean, it's insane. And so, so many people, even those that are, in theory, moving into a physical asset, are still buying a paper asset, still buying a digital asset, right? And so maybe it's a good idea to diversify away from that. Maybe there's going to be a time in the future where physical matters. You want actual, you know, uh, a possession of it, right? With no counterparty risk. I mean, that's a great thing. When you take physical possession of your silver, you are taking physical possession of it in your house, right? You, You can do whatever you want. You can bury it in your backyard, you can hide it in a vault. You can whatever, okay? But that is not the case for almost any other asset out there. I mean, even your home. Is your home really yours? Maybe. But, I mean, try not paying taxes on it and see what happens. Is it still yours then at that point? Same thing goes for land, right? How about stocks? I mean, yeah, there's absolutely a counterparty risk there. I mean, do, do you own stock certificates? Generally not. You're going to buy it. Uh, you're going to have a broker buy it. You're going to go on E-Trade. You're going to go on Robinhood or something like that. And some sort of digital transaction takes place. And, and it tells you that you own stock. And by the way, this is not an anti-stock video. I'm not saying don't buy stocks. First of all, don't take any of this as financial advice. But I'm not saying don't buy stocks or bonds, period. 
It's a great idea to, to diversify, but that's the whole point of this. Maybe you should diversify into other assets or at least consider them. Again, makes these decisions on your own, but physical is a totally different paradigm than paper. No counterparty risk. You can hold it in your own possession. And, and you know, I, I continue to see more and more landmines in today's financial system because it's based so much on digital and paper assets, right? Let's talk about something like derivatives. You know, earlier I was talking about that the, the digital or, or the paper nature of, of uh, cash, of bonds, of stocks. Well, derivatives are, are like digital assets based on digital assets. I mean, sometimes they're based on physical you know, commodities or something, but a lot of times you have derivatives that are based on the stock market. You have derivatives based on derivatives. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how uh, engineered the system can get. And we've seen it go wrong in the past. We've seen derivative markets explode, and yet you, know, you always have, have governments step in to save the day or something like that. Um, but what happens if they don't? Or what happens if they have to continue to step in and you know, the, the underlying asset that underlies the whole financial system today, uh, fiat currencies, what if that starts to explode? What are they going to do then? I mean, that's one of the few problems that you can't solve by printing another trillion dollars. Uh, inflation, right? And so why not diversify? Why not diversify into something physical that you know is going to preserve its value over time? hold his wealth over time. And I think that's the case for silver and gold. I mean, yes, I think the financial community oftentimes can get very down on it, especially in the last couple of years as silver and gold have moved down in price. I mean, right now, as I speak, silver's in the $14 range, gold's you know, barely above 1200 That's quite a bit off their highs back in 2011, 2012. But you always have to hedge against uh, you know the, the the commonly held point of view that paper assets, digital assets are are here to say, and that they are the asset to be in, right? Um, so I mean that that alone is a strong enough case for for physical gold or silver. But you know why silver over gold? And you know like I said earlier, you know gold. I think many people still view it as a monetary asset, as a hedge. I mean look at central banks. I mean central banks all around the world, Russia. China, Kazakhstan, Poland, Germany, allegedly, you know, the United States and others, they own a lot of gold. But they don't really own much silver. I mean, we have very little information on how much silver is owned around the world by central banks. But as a whole, uh, they used to own billions and billions of ounces. Today, I'd be surprised if it was over 100 million ounces. I mean, today, most governments, if they even report how much silver they are updated, at least, it's usually just like mint some new products. For instance, like the U.S. government, you know, minting some some American silver eagles. You know, there's some evidence that maybe the Russian government has been stacking some silver. How much we don't know. Probably not a whole lot. And again, this is totally different from human history. I mean, that's an aberration. For for again, for thousands of years, we used it as money. And then all of a sudden, at some point in the you know the 60s, the U.S. government removes silver from our coinage to go from 90% to zero. And other countries had already done so or soon followed suit. And then they removed the, the, the gold standard from you know the gold backing of the dollar or what was left of the gold backing of the dollar in the early 70s. And so now all of a sudden, since the 70s, you have a purely fiat uh, currency worldwide. Not just the dollar, but every currency out there is purely fiat. No gold or silver backing. No gold or silver coinage for the most part in circulation unless there's still some you know 90% silver out there in circulation from, from you know uh, back in the 60s and prior to that. Uh, again, it's an aberration in human history. I mean, yeah, gold is owned by central banks, but silver, for the most part, what used to be billions of dollars in 
central banks and government holdings, billions of ounces, they sold it all, right? They sold it all. And so, you know, these financial planners that I was talking about earlier, you know, they'll look at something like uh, uh, Russia, China, U.S. government, you know, allegedly holding all these massive gold reserves. And they'll say, hey, well, you know, central banks own it. It must have some legitimacy. But silver, they don't even own silver anymore. Well, first of all, I, I think it's a mistake by central banks. Second of all, they're ignoring the fact that you know, the second, I think it's the second largest bank right now in terms of assets, in terms of value in the world. Actually, it's a massive hoard of silver. And that's JP Morgan, right? A massive hoard of silver on the COMEX, um, north of the 100 and I think 130, 140 million ounces. That is a lot of silver. They're about as establishment as it gets. You know, the big boys, yeah, they own a lot of gold, central banks, but, but, JP Morgan should kind of be in that conversation as well, considering the size of their bank. And they own a lot of silver, right? And there's other cases we made for silver as well. We can talk about the supply and demand aspects of it. That supply as a whole is decreasing. Mining supply has been decreasing since its peak in 2015. Demand, I don't see demand going away anytime soon. I mean, sure, people don't take photographs anymore with, with you know film. Usually it's all digital. And so that piece of silver demand has, has kind of decreased. And even solar demand for, for, for silver, silver use in solar panels. That wasn't always hopped up to be because of how efficient they're getting with using it. But silver is so important to, to just about everything you do that the device that you're listening or watching this video on wouldn't be possible without silver. The car you drive, you know, unless it was built a very long time ago, and even then they probably use silver, but you know, with how advanced, how digital cars are today, they use a lot of silver. That's not going away anytime soon. In fact, digital uh, or electrical vehicles, um, electric cars, they are becoming more and more popular and they use a lot of silver, right? And so, I mean, this idea, and of course I'm making the argument for an industrial metal as I talk like that, um, but why not, like, why not also own silver as a, as a monetary asset? I mean, it's compact. It's a good store of wealth. It lasts... I mean, forever for all intents and purposes. It's not going to rot away. It's not anything like that, which is not the case for something like a grain or or a, um, a barrel of oil or something like that. It's compact. And again, you know, if you want to buy a thousand dollars worth of, of iron or oil or copper or something like that, that's not the case, right? I mean, that's a that, I mean, these are why you know silver has been seen as money. For, for thousands of years because it kind of checks all those boxes. It lasts a long time. It's compact. It's easy to exchange. One ounce of silver here is the same as the one ounce of silver over in Europe or in Asia, you know, as long as as long as they can test it and prove that it's actually, you know, 0.999 silver. It checks all the boxes and it's a physical asset in a increasingly paper and digital world. I'm not saying that digital assets are going to disappear. I think we're, we're beyond that. I think they're here to stay. You know, unless the whole grid goes down or something like that. Paper, digital assets are here to say, sure. But why not hedge away from that? Why not hedge into a physical asset like precious metals with no counterparty risk? Something that would, in theory, benefit from a collapse of the current paper system or digital system or a seizing up of the digital system. I mean, it, you saw what happened back in 2018, or sorry, 2008. Um, with the financial crisis, that the talk of of all this liquidity being removed from from the uh, from the money markets, 
and how the, the entire financial system came very close to just seizing up, you know, like an engine without any oil. Now, luckily, those, those gears were able to be, you know, lubricated by the Federal Reserve. But what if it doesn't happen again in the future? What if they, they try and print all the money in the world? They lower interest rates to negative 5%, whatever, and it just doesn't work because the markets just aren't buying it anymore. That's when you want to be in precious metals, right? I mean, there's, there's this common notion around gun ownership. And I know I'm rambling here, but bear with me. <laughs> there's a common notion with gun ownership. Um, it, it's, very, it's a very simple argument, but, but it, it's honestly very correct. How's it go? Um, I'd rather have a gun and not need it the need a gun and not have it. And that's kind of the case for, for a major hedge like silver, right? I'd rather have it and not need it. If I don't need silver in the future, then that's fine. I can continue working my job. I can continue living my life and, and hey, I have an asset that's at least going to hold its value versus inflation. But if I do need it, then I, then I want it. I want to have it because I need that hedge to uh, you know survive what could be a very rough financial time. Or hey, let's... Let's get away from this whole defensive posture and around silver and gold and the idea of hedge and I'm going to hold on to some of my portfolio value as stocks and bonds fall. How about, go, how about going on the offense? I mean, what if the stock market today drops by 50% you know, over the next month? Would you consider buying stocks at that point? I know I would. I'm not saying sell all your silver to do it. But you, you see what I'm saying here? All of a sudden, you have an asset that has survived a crash like that survived very poor economic times, and now you can buy when there is blood on the street, just like many are buying when there's blood on the street in the silver market today. So, you know, this is my, and I know I'm getting way off track here, but this is a serious, I think, thing that needs to be addressed, this whole idea that silver is just a uh, an industrial metal, maybe a speculative asset, a commodity, uh, when in reality, I think it's, it's just as useful as ever, ever in terms of a monetary asset. Um, and in many ways, it totally goes against this whole paper, digital fiat paradigm uh, that we're in today. And it makes perfect sense. It's, it's, a, it's a great hedge, just like physical gold. So, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this video down below in the comment section. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video. And God bless.